Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Today, I'm getting in the holiday spirit with two of my favorite people in the world. First, I'll chat with Jake Cohen, a New York Times bestselling cookbook author of the book Jew-ish. Jake has an insane following online and is best known for his takes on popular Jewish dishes. He and I chat about all things Hanukkah, from the food to what a Hallmark Hanukkah movie would look like. Then, after my chat with Jake, I'll talk with Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and just like Jake, he's a New York Times bestselling author too. He wrote, How Do I Unremember This? Boy, all my friends are New York Times bestselling authors. What does that say about me? Don't answer that. Instead, go to the show notes for this episode for links to their books. Anyway, Danny and I talk about all things Christmas. Danny is probably the biggest fan I know of Christmas. He loves the movies, the foods, you name it, he's there, everything. And we talk about it all and so much more. So sit back, grab a holiday snack, if you will, because I'll be right back with Jake Cohen, followed by my chat with Danny Pellegrino. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jake, I am obsessed with you, as you know, because I text you frequently. The feeling is mutual. You're aware of the obsession. I mean, it's it's fine. You don't have to humble me. I know that I am, you are my, I stand your cooking. I do your recipes. I fail at some of your recipes. Like, <laughs> I am obsessed with you. How are you doing? I am good. It, it is funny because we're getting into the holidays and there is this, this, I don't know, this weird feeling when you're doing so much work for a holiday. Same thing with like Thanksgiving. We just came out of Thanksgiving. Everyone's talking about what they're going to bring, we're going to do that. I do the whole meal. It's a whole production. And it's the same thing with Hanukkah. So uh, it, it's this like wonderful in-between relationship of love it and it's work. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so I want to know how, like, let's just get into Hanukkah real quick. How do you partake in Hanukkah? What's your, because I know every Jew, I mean, I like, I'm a very loose holiday person in general. I don't really, I just sort of go for the pageantry of it all. I don't care about any of the religious aspects of, of the course, holiday. That's, that's fine. How do you partake in the Hanukkah tradition? So when I think of Hanukkah and it's, it's a minor holiday, it's not, it's not like major, major, like, like Passover or Rosh Hashanah, yeah. or Yom Kippur. Yeah. We're not starving. You have ourselves. to remember, we're not starving ourselves. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I love to do the, what is the takeaway? What is the takeaway of this holiday in terms of the gist, which really when you take God out of the equation, and I'm a big believer in, in most things when it comes to Judaism, that separate from the, the God aspect, there is a reason behind it in terms of your place within the Jewish community, your community, family. And in terms of Hanukkah, it's this like twofold. One, it's fighting for like your right to exist and, and, and finding pride. And then the other side, it's, it's holding out hope for miracles. And I, I think th those are like just beautiful sentiments to have no matter where you fall on the religious spectrum. So for me, it's about doing as many outwardly Jewish things. 
Hmm. Um, so what does that, and, what does and that mean, feel for you? Yeah. So it means the first night I have like a bunch of holiday parties lined up, one at the ambassador's home, one, one at, um, uh, Lizzie Savetsky, the, the, wow. the uh, now no longer Roni reboot uh, yeah. member who wow. has been done dirty. We can talk, we'll talk offline, but she's done dirty. So wow, okay. I, I, I am, I love her. I cannot wait to light the candles and see what she's wearing. Wow. You but are then, the only person that can name drop that. Like literally, like most most Jews talking about Hanukkah being like, the second night I'm going to Morty's house. We're probably going to watch a little something. You're like, no, I'm doing the rejected Roni housewife person. Literally. <laughs> so then, um, so then Tuesday, so that's, I guess that would be technically third night. Uh, yeah. I'm doing this big dinner at uh, Gertie, which is one of my favorite restaurants in Williamsburg in collaboration with Aggie's, which is this other Hungarian Jewish restaurant in Brooklyn. And we're doing this big Hanukkah feast. Wow. And it, it's one of those things where I always like to give one night for the holidays in which I do it in collab with some restaurant in which I get to, I mean, do the bare minimum because I'm not like, I'm not like doing, I'm not doing all that for, for people yeah. for money. That's not, that's not what I do, but yeah. I get to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make some, some of my schmalty checks mix. I'm going to give mm. some of my recipes to their team to bake and I'll be there so we can light the candles and celebrate. And I love one public outing in which we can just be with whoever wants to celebrate yeah. and needs a place to celebrate. Cause a place like New York or LA, you have these people that aren't necessarily going home and they don't necessarily have that community in which they would celebrate. So to give yeah. them an opportunity to do something pretty Jewish or pretty Hanukkah related, that means the That's world. So important and, in urban cities in general, like in, in yeah. Chicago, in Miami, any of those cities where you have people, millennials, especially I'm thinking, or, or Gen X people who are living in these cities who they either can't afford to go home right now because of the situation in the world or it's far away or whatever. And there's like, there's a lot of Christmas activities for people to go to, but there's not a lot of Hanukkah activities for people to exactly. go to. So I love that. And then I'm going to do a big, I always do a big Hanukkah Shabbat. That mm -hmm. is what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, you are the queen of Shabbat. You really are. You are. You are kind of like the. I mean, I say queen because we're friends. Anyone listening? Yes, yes. That is the person that listening. Is, like, why did you just call him a queen? Um, that is yeah. literally the best compliment I could get. <laughs> I love the association. And this is also so. This Shabbat, it's the first meeting of in in person of us all being in the same room of the so far Fire Island share that we're a part of next summer. You really are the queen of Shabbat now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I love that. I love that so much. I wish my Hanukkah was ex as exciting as yours. Mine's very, you know, it's just well, me. Well, you know what you have to do. In LA. I know I have to plan something. I have to do something. But the, the planning. Just fly. Just come here. Come to New York. I, will, I, could, I could just fly there. I could just fly there. But then that has a whole other set of Jewish problems that I don't want to deal with, <laughs> like getting out of my house and traveling. <laughs> 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 So I don't know. Oh my god! I no, know. I feel you. I feel you. But I'm very jealous and envious of your situation. Now I do want to talk to you about food because yeah. you are my favorite food person in the world. And I always wonder because I have so many. I mean, my boyfriend's not Jewish, and like there are so many people who are in situations where their significant other or family members aren't Jewish, and they have to kind of like blend Jewish foods with like Christmassy Christian foods. So like, how? What do you think are the best? Jewish foods to blend into sort of a, a mixed holiday? So at the end of the day, 
it's all about fried food. We're, we're celebrating <laughs> oil. So yeah. I can tell you, Gentiles love fried food just as much as the Jews, especially sure. like you look at, at all of these, I don't know. I, I think of, I, the thing is I'm not too familiar. I Growing up in New York, in a, a very Jewish household, in a very Jewish community, you get mm-hmm. Christmas, but you get yeah. Christmas through the lens of Jews. Like, so we're, we're going to like mixed family parties or things like that, but nothing like, I've never had like any of those hallmark Midwestern Christmas things with the popcorn or the, <laughs> the, the, the Christmas crack or whatever they, they, all they, of those. All I, of I think that's, that's incredible. And to me, yeah. it's completely foreign. So I always think of just like, apps and snacky things it's always like a cocktail party so mm. really if we if we think of the one food that can bring everyone at the table together it's a pig in a blanket <laughs> <laughs> because a pig in a blanket that's the thing is people in new york at least and that's what i said yeah. we always called them pig in a blanket even yeah. though it was always a kosher beef hot dog because it's like yeah. that's what you use these days even the gentiles have caught on that it's like they're just better quality just hot better dogs quality. So like, yeah, yeah exactly Wow, I never thought of pig in the blanket. A, I never thought of it as a Jewish food, but you're right. It is a very Jewish food, isn't it? So the funny thing is, and I was just, it, uh, I was just talking about this, uh, where technically, because it's obviously it's on kosher, all this stuff, the term that's used for the Jews sometimes is Moses in a blanket. Um, but I, I kind of like, I, I just, I think it's a little weird. We're talking about like yeah, wrapping, wrapping up our baby prophet and like, <laughs> I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's as, as cute as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. People want to eat a pig in a blanket, but also the fact that the, I mean, this is just as the comedian in me is coming out here, the Jew bringing a pig in the blanket to a party is <laughs> there's going to be some Christians who are like, but can you eat that? <laughs> literally, literally, literally. But obviously, latka. Everyone loves a fucking fried potato. Who doesn't love a potato? Yeah, yeah. and there's so, so many things you, you can fry do with a potato. Latka. You can do a latka in lots of different ways. We do sour cream and applesauce. Again, if you're feeling fancy, I do a whole fourth. I do lox and caviar. If I'm yeah. not doing fancy, I do like onion dip and I don't Ooh. know. And like, you could do anything. You could do pimento cheese. You could do any dip that you would serve at your party most likely yeah. would be good smeared on a latke. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to admit something here uh, that I feel like a New Yorker is going to judge me for, but I'm a former New Yorker. So like I no shame here, but I have a season pass to Disneyland and they have a food festival going on right now where they offer you a loaded latka, which is like, it has, it has like all kinds of just Jewish stuff piled on top of it with the meat on top. It is one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. It is like I, everything Jewish. I am not a Disney gay. However, <laughs> I would be down for that. That, that sounds delicious. And yeah, we can go eat partake. that. They have a Jewish Mickey. I got the Jewish Mickey sitting on my shelf right now. He has a little like dreidel he's holding and stuff. I like, love that. Love. You can you can appreciate it and also I judge at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. What are your, so like besides that, besides like what you can give to the Gentiles, what are the foods over Hanukkah that you're like, you most look forward to when you're around all of your family? Like what's the dishes? So I think what, the concept of latkes is something that really transcends all of these dishes in the sense that it is about having a pot of oil and frying food 
to, to order. So having your family in the kitchen around you, the food's coming out of the oil onto paper towels and people are eating it and burning their mouths. That is a sign of success. So a big thing I started doing fried pickles. I love fried pickles and it's one of, it's just such a crowd pleaser. So I always do fried pickles. I always do. I do schnitzel. I, the schnitzel fingers from my book. There's just yeah. everyone who doesn't love latkes and, and schnitzel fingers. It's like it's like French fries oh. and chicken fingers. Everyone loves it. Kids, yeah. adults, and like yeah. w- like why why are we pretending like we like all yeah. the holidays are for are just breaking all the rules and doing one thing wearing so hard. Yes. Wearing stretchy pants. I I have a Hanukkah onesie, and yeah. that's it. Well, you have a whole line of clothes that people can order now until what, early January or something? How late does the uh, sale go? It actually, this, it, we sell until first night and then it gets printed and shipped. So it's this first drop. And the whole idea is like everything I, I don't take my, I, I don't take myself very seriously. I, you, you, you might consider me this. a food person, but like I always tell people like my first and foremost, like my job title is clown. Like I'm just yeah. a clown yeah. and we yeah. all are clowns and people, which is why I text everyone, you so much. <laughs> people always are like in the food world, like, Oh, what do you think of this person? What do you think of that person? And if I don't respond with like excitement, it's typically because they just like take themselves super seriously and are so frou-frou and precious with their food. It's like, Chill out, chill out, Debbie. Like we're, we're yeah. we are just <laughs> making pasta tonight. Um, so these shirts are really like leaning into that. So it's like one that has chal on it that says Master Braider. It's yep. one with matzo ball soup that says Ask Me About My Balls. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's, it's so. Like, when I saw them on your stories, I'll admit I saw them on Close Friends first. Thank you yes, very much, yes, Internet. Yes, yes. Brag. And but then of course as soon as they went on sale, I ordered my shirt. I think I ordered Master Braider because I thought that was the funniest. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. And then I get to like I love a drop because I love something ephemeral. I think that's the best yeah. part about I'm very project oriented. So I yeah. want like to do something, have it out in the world, and then I get bored of it and I move on. But I'm uh, that, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only thing I can stick to is my husband. That's really he's the only thing in my life that's a constant. <laughs> Everything else has to constantly be shaken up. Like every every couple will the of shirts months. will the shirts be sold? Like I know you're doing this one time drop, but do you think they'll come back at all? Like if people listen to this six months 100%, from now, percent, one hundred percent. But more importantly, it's like I have so many other ideas for like fun, punny Jewish thing. I think we live in a time now in which it's so rare to see people wear their Jewishness on their body. And I think yeah. we're even in, in response to a lot of this, some people would like, I'm wearing a star right now. A lot of people would, would hide it or take it off in a moment of, of, of crisis in, in terms of anti-Semitism in America. So for me to create opportunities for levity and joy around Jewish identity, uh, that's it. That's what it's all about. It's great. I cannot wait for someone to stop me at the mall and be like, is that wait? <laughs> You're going to get in trouble. I've seen the TikToks of people at Disney getting in trouble. Oh, really? Ah, I had that once too, where I had something that said witches and they thought it said bitches. But it said You're witches. Gonna, I thought it was a Disney shirt. A I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. So, okay. First thing, because in my head, I'm thinking like we haven't talked about anything sweet. Is there a sweet food that's like Hanukkah-y that you are obsessed with? Yes, sufganiyot, so jelly donuts. But yes. one of the things that I'm very passionate about is so it's like jelly donuts, amazing, amazing. delicious. Although I will but, say I don't, I don't. I, I'm going to stop right there just to admit something. So I feel like a lot of people are in this camp with me. I do love a jelly donut. However, I don't like anything 
that is prone to spill on me. And you know I'm a fat person. Oh, and things, okay, okay. squirt out, and then I just become the fat guy with jelly all over his shirt. Sufgadio, they are squirters. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's definitely, that's definitely right. I thought you were going to say no, because my big thing is I, my favorite thing in the world is grape jelly. And I yes, think like I it oh. has to be, has to be grape has to be great if you give me yeah. strawberry jelly i'm going to i'll squeeze it onto your shirt like the disgusting <laughs> disgusting no thank I'm you i'm so with you on that yes but um one of the things that's really incredible is i spend so much of my time kind of exploring foods of the diaspora and like what other communities that are jewish use to celebrate my husband is persian iraqi like there's yeah. this one um dish uh it's funny because it, it it's also Indian as well because it was back during the Persian Empire that yeah. really spanned the entire area from India, uh, Iran, Iraq, and so Jalabi, what we think of, and I'm probably pronouncing that that incorrectly because it's it's uh, Zulbia and, and yeah, um, and these other I think countries. People give you a pass. <laughs> yeah, probably, you a pass. probably yeah. not. They'll probably come at me, but it's all good. <laughs> um, but it's like a it's a batter that you have in a squeeze bottle and you squeeze it into these like curly rings almost like a little mini funnel cake and then oh. it's dipped in this like it's fried and then just soaked in this like like rose water syrup with saffron and it oh. is so sweet and floral and it's everything i love wow i just got very turned on right now i love yeah. that so lots of that and the same thing with like there are a lot of like nor incredible Middle Eastern and North African um, desserts of uh, that are similar. I love anything that's like crispy turned soggy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like something that we like yes. crispy, and then we're gonna like dip it in syrup until it's soggy again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I have my last question for you. Is I feel strongly that you know of the Hallmark variety films or the Lifetime Christmas movies, the holiday films that they do, there's a lot of Hollywood ones and they've been putting out a couple of, you know, Jewy themed ones over the years that have always kind of been sort of unfortunate in the story. Yeah. What if you, dear Jake, if you had, if you were the director, writer, creative person, and I was just on set to be your friend, what would you, what story would you have for a Jewish holiday film? What comes to mind for you that you want to see in the world? So the main issue is that all of these holiday films are typically the the the, the goyish ones at least are Cade comes home from big city to small mountain town of of toothless yokels or whatever whatever yes. they do and and one of the things that I think is is so interesting is that it's the opposite in which you'll have someone come from across the world, maybe they now live in Seattle or Chicago, and now they're coming home to New York City to celebrate Hanukkah. So it's gotta be a reverse. That's yes. the first thing. We have to break the rules. It can't look like a Hallmark movie because it has to be the opposite. It has to be something that's that's kind of cringy. Really, yeah. it, it's, it's, it is a younger curve. Like I just want a younger <laughs> curve episode and, and and that's I like I want I need Susie Essman in it in some capacity. I need She's just complaining I, about something, you know. Truly. Tr I want it to not be because typically it's always the family's trying to convince the kid, like, why don't you give him a chance? I want the family to be like, him? No. Not like <laughs> like I want I want it to be a fight. fight. I have a feeling Ben Platt will probably be cast and there'll be a musical 100%. moment. And it'll be fantastic. And it probably won't air on Hallmark. It'll probably go straight to Peacock. But I'm okay with that because Peacock, I think, has more money. So there you go. Production good, value. 
Exactly. Get an animated scene or something. Do something crazy. <laughs> I'm trying Jake, to think who else? Yeah, I but no, we'll, we'll, we'll get a good love interest. I want Jennifer Tilly in there. I don't even know if she's Jewish, but I think she would be great in it. Period. Don't you think so? I love yeah. Jennifer Tilly. Love. She's awesome. Jake, I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. And where can people like find you on the internet? You can find me anywhere at Jake Cohen, shipping babka and challah nationwide on Gold Dolly shirts for another until December 17th and my cookbook, Jewish, wherever books are sold. Mm. Don't go anywhere because now that I've covered Hanukkah, we're moving on to Christmas with Danny Pellegrino right after this break. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Danny, you are probably my absolute favorite person to talk to in general about a lot of things, but particularly the holidays. Well, I love the holidays. I'm so happy to be here. I, by the way, just got your Christmas card in the mail. So oh, good. thank you for that. I loved it. <laughs> good. Uh, but I love the holiday season. I'm a holiday junkie. I... I start decorating way too early. Like I just lean into it all of it. When when is like cause that is there's 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 the hot debate over when do you start with the decorating and the holiday moment. When does it start? When does it ideally start for you? And when does your boyfriend allow you to start? I think is probably the better question. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, after the past few years that we've had, I think it's okay to start anytime it feels right to you. Do what you gotta do to get by. If you need to put up the twinkle lights in March, do that. I like to have them up by Thanksgiving. So I like to have Thanksgiving dinner with some trees and the Christmas decorations up. So that's what I prefer. I would even put it up like November 1st if I didn't live with somebody else, my significant other, who very graciously has now accepted that we put it up before Thanksgiving. But November 1st is a little too early for him, and I get that. But I think anytime you want to um, put it up, and I think if you're someone who wants to put it up early, but you live with someone who doesn't want it up early, I think then you compromise by really leaning into the Thanksgiving of it all and just yeah. start decorating with turkeys everywhere and like just <laughs> leaning into the Thanksgiving decorations. Those little paper mache turkeys that like fold out. You remember those? <laughs> yes. But, sit on the counter. I think the Thanksgiving Day Parade is the start of the holiday season. And so mm. I want to have decor up while I'm watching that unhinged three, four hour morning of television. I will admit that speaking of the Thanksgiving day parade, which I wasn't expecting to go in this direction, but I feel like you're the only person that I could probably talk with this about. I I'm not a parade person. I all like my friend Brent thinks that it's entertainment from the 1800s that somehow won't go away, which I agree with. I think that's actually right. However, however, I, the nostalgic freak in me, I, it's hard for me to watch the parade now without Kathy Lee and Regis. It really is. Do you know what I mean? Like they were the parade for me. Like they made it in the nineties for me. And now I'm kind of like, what are you doing Hoda? Why Hoda? I know. Let her have a day off. I I agree. And Hoda and Savannah, as wonderful as they are and seem to be, I, I don't know if they have like the kitschiness that I like out of a parade because 
what we're watching on television in a parade is insanity. It's yeah. characters in balloon form. It's pop stars at not the heights of their career, oftentimes <laughs> either on their way up or on their way down. Mariah Carey in divine inspired drag. Yes. I mean, I love Mar- Mariah, but she was the headliner. Everybody else, it was like they're the people on their way up or on their way down. And so I think there's Kathy Lee or that kind of celebrity gives a, gives a kitschiness to yes. that yes. announcing that I think it's missing with Savannah and Hoda, who are maybe sometimes a little too self-aware in a good way for them in their own lives. But as a viewer of this crazy few hours of television, yeah. we need that kind of someone who's overdramatic and someone who's just a little bit um, Kathy Lee-esque. Yeah, like your last interview should not have been with a president if you're hosting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It should have been with like a Muppet. You know what I mean? Like that is the level of talent I think is required to host that kind of parade. I don't know. And to me, that's the best part of the parade is like to see Megan Trainer performing with a Muppet on an insurance float. Like that's that's what I'm tuning in for. It's like, let's see these insane pairings of people and entertainers and the commercialism that is forced upon them. There was someone this year I was cracking up because they were performing on a Jenny O turkey float. (laughs) You see the big (laughs) logo that says Jenny O and they're trying to do their current single. And it's it's just all so insane. I love it. Yeah, it really, it really is. Now you on your podcast, everything iconic, and you also have like a, is it, is it a still a part of everything iconic or is it like a second podcast where you do the Hallmark sort of like Christmas focused stuff? Yeah, I have a separate yeah, holiday movie separate. podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast where my co-host and I, we recap holiday movies. So we dive into everything from Hallmark Lifetime to Home Alone and some of the bigger movies. Yeah. What is your, well, what's your go-to holiday film? Like what's the one that you could watch every day in December? I'm like a sick person that I have so many that I have to watch every year. And it's a problem because I feel like I always have to put them in my rotation. But some of the top ones, I love the family stone. Like when I need the good holiday cry, I love to put that on. Home Alone 1 and 2, have to watch every year. Christmas Vacation to me is the the funniest one. And I think it's that's the one I go to with my family when they're around or I'm at their place or whatever. I think Christmas Vacation is just a brilliant I'm most incredible movie vacation as well. That's the one that I turned to. Cause that was like my childhood go to. It's what we all watched. It was just sort of the thing we did, which is absurd because it, it, it should not be that much of a classic, but it's just, it, it's just so perfect. It's so perfect. It's, it's so perfect. And it's interesting, the writing of it, because the, the plot isn't, it's not a very extensive plot. It's like Clark wants to get his bonus and he wants to put a pool in, but that's really like the through line of the movie. And, and really the character's motivation is just throw the best Christmas ever. Yeah. And yet it works to me. And every scene is funny. Every scene is loaded that the monologue at the end that Clark Griswold gives is to me, one of the greatest written monologues ever. When yeah. uh, he said, when Santa squeezes his fat ass down the chimney, he's going to see the jolliest bunch of assholes, the side of the nut house. Like that whole thing is brilliant and yeah, i so mean good. it's just so it's so modern christmas because there is a separation now, i had this a couple of weeks ago where i was talking about i interviewed uh tim allen for the santa clauses and one of the things that sort of got me was back in the day and when i say that i mean like basically pre-streamers pre-internet that's always back in the day for me it has to be before the internet basically and 
And so, but back in the day, they would release maybe one or two Christmas movies a year. You know, you'd have the National Lampoon's Christmas or Home Alone. And those were always, yes, those were like year after year, but they, there wasn't such a market being sort of blanketed with Christmas content. Now you have, you know, the 30 days of Christmas on, on TCM and at Hallmark every day, there's a new or, or lifetime or whatever it is. The market is so huge that I feel like when a Christmas film comes out now, it's, it's road to becoming a classic like National Lampoon's or like The Family Stone is harder because there's just uh-huh. so much competition for it. Do you think that? And like, what are sort of modern classics that you think will be classics in the years to come? Well, I think with, you're totally right. I, I believe uh, if you look at A Christmas Story, which is a movie that was filmed in my hometown in Cleveland, and it's oh, a no, movie that, that. Oh, that's so yeah, funny. And it came out, I think it was the 80s when it came out. It's set in the 40s, though, the movie, or 30s or 40s. Anyway, I might be getting a little bit of that wrong. But it became a classic because they did the 24-hour marathons on TNT and TBS, yeah. and it was happening during an era where we all watched cable TV and now everyone only does watch streaming. And I believe the reason why a Christmas story has endured as long as it had and, and become such a nostalgic part of people's traditions yearly to watch this movie is because of those airings. Because I remember opening up gifts and we would always put on the TV and as you're scrolling to open up gifts or hang out with your family or while you're cooking breakfast or whatever, you're just looking for the Christmassy thing to put on the TV. And so we would put on TNT and that would just like air all day long. You'd see the leg lamp and the bunny suit in the background. And now I don't know that that could happen with a movie. I think you are just hoping to make some money out of the gate, but I think there are some that, will live on. I, I think we were talking before we started recording of this movie Spirited with Will yeah. Ferrell and um, Ryan Reynolds and Octavia Spencer on Apple TV+. And I went into it kind of thinking, it's going to be bad. Why do we need another Christmas Carol story? Yeah. And then it totally charmed me, won me over. It was very big budget, musical. So I think something like that could be something that lives on longer, I hope. But I don't know. I don't know that any... I don't know. I hope so. The way people consume content is different. I do worry about it because, you know, like we were just saying how National Lampoon's is sort of like a nostalgic moment from our childhoods that we remember watching that with our families. It's sort of, it's, it's a comforting watch. Whereas now I'm thinking like 20 years from now, when some kid who saw Spirited when they were nine years old while their mom was burning cookies in the, in the kitchen, you know, whatever it was. And are they going to think back? spirited i remember that day when i watched spirited my mom was burning the cookies you know what i mean like i don't i worry that they're not gonna have that and that makes me sad yeah i also think right now we're losing those sort of mid-budget so spirited was like so high budget it was very clear that apple threw a ton of money in it but if you look at something like muppet christmas carol which was made for 12 million dollars they just don't make muppet they don't make 12 million dollar movies anymore yeah yeah. And they also don't properly make Muppet movies anymore, but that's a tale for another time. I will have you on when we do that episode because I now <laughs> want to do that episode. <laughs> yeah. Like I know I could talk about Muppets forever, the way that they're handling that property. But uh, the so that mid budget is gone. So we have the Hallmark Lifetime, which I love those movies as well, but they're much lower budgets. Mm-hmm. They're churned out much quicker. Uh, they're not doing five months on a 12 million or $20 million movie, we're either getting the spirited, which is a hundred million dollars or, uh, or the like 500,000, 1 million. Yeah. Yeah. And And so that's, there is a market though for that. Like the hallmark section of holiday 
sort of viewing is I, I liken it to kind of like you and I have this love of, you know, I would call trash TV, but it's not really trash TV. It's just reality TV. It's like, it's the housewives and stuff like that. It's and a little trashy. It is a little trashy. And there is something about a Hallmark film while I love it, that there is a kitschy element to it, that that is why we watch it because we know it's low budget. We know this was shot in two weeks, like Lindsay Lohan's film on, on Netflix. Great holiday film, lots of fun, campy, but the budget was low. The sets were from 1990. Like it was like, there was like a moment of like, okay, we know that this was turned out in two weeks. I get that. I fully get that. And why do you think those films are so appealing? Well, I think most importantly, those films are produced to be very much visual Xanax. So it's like yeah. they, it's just the screens are meant to be covered. Um, I had a, a cause I, I, I'm also a, a screenwriter and I had a, I really love those Hallmark movies and I had a meeting about doing one of those, um, maybe not for Hallmark, but one of those style movies. And one of the things that, I, um, one of the rules of that genre is like, they don't want big laughs. They want smiles. Yeah. So they don't want the audience to sit and have a guttural laugh. They want you to smile. They want you to feel like you're falling in love, but you can't have really big action in those movies, right? Like the whole movie is kind of uh, at one level and then the end they share that one kiss and then the credits roll. Yeah. So you, you don't have these like big plot shifts because they want the audience to really have it on while they're folding laundry, mm -hmm. to keep it on, they know what they get and it's just supposed to be relaxing. So they're not supposed to be like turning on the brain when you're watching these. And I think that's appealing for people, particularly this time of year when they're doing a hundred things and trying to finish up work and grocery yeah. shop and buy gifts and bake. Also just and the state of the world. I mean, there is, I was having this conversation with someone the other day about the new movie tar and how Cape Blanchett's amazing and the film is great. And, but it's very much like a smart person's movie, meaning that it's made to make you feel kind of dumb and, and like you're seeing art that you maybe don't understand. And I am always of the opinion that, if I write something, if I give you a piece of art, and if my mother can't understand it, then I'm not doing my job. Because it's like, I want people to relate to what I'm putting out into the world. And I want movies that I can watch and smile at or relate to and not feel like I'm being like talked down to in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And I feel like Hallmark kind of gives people that. There is that sort of level of like, it gives people the real, the real Housewives sort of scratch of Xanax, if you will, that you're kind of just like, well, this is making me happy and I'm finding pleasure and I don't have to think about my credit card debt or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. You turn off your brain and you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, they're going to share that one kiss at the end and uh, uh, it's going to be great. I, I love those movies. And in terms of like the bigger budget stuff, I think we're moving into a place where it happened this year with the Christmas story, which I mentioned earlier, HBO max did a, yeah. uh, it was called a Christmas story, Christmas, mm -hmm which is technically a sequel, although there was already a Christmas story too. So there's a weird title for it. Yeah. It, uh, but it's like the I, return of Will and Grace where they were just like, we're just not going to worry about what happened at the end. It's fine. We're going to do something else. <laughs> right. And then they, just, yeah, trying to scrape around a title for it, which is crazy yeah. title, Christmas story, Christmas. Anyway, uh, I think what was interesting to me about that is they kind of know that mid budget is gone and that people aren't, re-watching these movies as often and so i think the business play on their end and this is just my speculation is 
Well, we know that they're going to go back when they're in the HBO Max app. They're going to go back and watch A Christmas Story. Yeah. Because those were the movies we watched over and over again. So the next best thing is to just formulate a sequel so that you stay on their streaming service. So after you watch The Christmas Story, you're going to put on whatever ones they have populating that. And you're going to keep the app open. You're going to keep using the app. Because I feel like they know on the business side of things... We're going to watch those Hallmark ones, but we're not going to rewatch those. We're just going to get new ones each time. And so that to me is the, it's harder to get somebody to tune in to spirited, which I thought was great. Yeah. Unless you throw a ton of marketing money versus somebody who's already watching Christmas story. And then they're going to put on the next one. So I think we're going to get more of those. That's my prediction is just more of those sequels or reboots or kind of in the same universe things for all of those ones we grew up with or the It's a Wonderful Life's even going back. I, I just imagine all of these, they're going to start doing that to keep us on those streamers. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think you're totally right on that. I do have to ask you though, because the other person on this episode is um, Jake Cohen, who is a great friend of mine, great baker, great cook in general, like just the best. Obsessed with his social media oh. and I want to eat everything he makes. He is a better Jew than I am, which um, I, I I love and hate him for it at the same time. But that said, we talked, well, we did talk a little bit about holiday films and what we would foresee a Jewish holiday film even being, which there are some. There's like one on on uh, Hallmark that they kind of, I mean, they're always really bad. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. We both firmly believe that it should be a Curb Your Enthusiasm style film where, you know, People are just complaining about the holidays, which is very Jewish. And I think Jews would turn in, tune into that, don't you? <laughs> we need that. We, we need, need that. that. You need to write that. We need that. But we talked a lot about food. And I think I would be remiss because you are also, you, you enjoy a nice comforting food moment. What I do. of Christmas, of the holidays in general, what is like the thing that like you get most excited for at the start of the holiday season to eat? I'm pretty basic with all that stuff. So I do love the pumpkin spice lattes and the peppermint mochas. Mm. I'd say my favorite is any sort of minty chocolate mix. So I love peppermint bark. And this year I really leaned into trying to find the best peppermint bark. Uh, The Harry and David one so far is the winner. Okay. But I've been trying different ones. I also just ordered these... um, peppermint or mint brownies from cheryl's cookies have you heard of those they haven't come yet no but i want them i'm excited to try but so any of the this time of year there's it's so much easier to get like chocolatey mint mixes so that's why i love them. i'm a mint freak peppermint or regular mint i am a mint freak i will go like with with sweets with like chocolate oh yes with chocolate with with not even just chocolate though i'll take like a nice pepperminty cookie situation like a sugar cookie moment oh my god i will go crazy but peppermint bark is by far sort of like the thing for me like that is like (sighs) i have to stop myself my boyfriend and i were just at costco the other day and they had a big thing of peppermint bark and i 11.99 for that big the big container at costco yeah i tried that one this year too that's cheaper than netflix per month like that's it's just it's i almost did it i didn't do it i almost oh i did it i'm so jealous i'm so jealous there is i will say my we do i'm I'm a season pass holder to disneyland and they have peppermint bark there that is actually very delicious i'll get you some it's oh please i would die i know i would love to try there i'm that's my that's been my thing i this year i really leaned into the peppermint bark of it all which costco was really good for the 11.99 they give you a lot i think it's important to have more more dark or milk chocolate than white chocolate. I agree. I think that's, and Costco's is good because it's thin. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very thick. So I feel like Costco, you can eat more of it. 
it's like a cookie. But, like a little cookie. Yeah, it's a little cookie. Yeah. And it's cheap. So yeah, you can get a lot of it. But wait, what was I going to say? Oh, so I've leaned into the peppermint bark of it all. And I'm also doing a vintage reindeer theme in oh. terms of decoration this year. So <laughs> those are those have been my two like things this year that I'm working on. <laughs> wow, vintage. How, what does that entail? Like what is what is vintage reindeer? I have one here. But I <laughs> basically anything that looks like it's a reindeer decor from yesteryear. Okay. So whatever that means, because I when early on in the season, I went to a Marshalls in Ohio. That's where I'm from. And I was visiting and I saw the cutest, they were the cutest reindeer decorations. And they were very, look like 80s reindeer kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I got them and then that became, now I became obsessed with like finding vintage reindeer things. There is something about, I used to do this when I was a child. My mother loves like, um, she would call them vintage shops. I would call them used shop. They're just, it's just junk stores. It's just junk stores. Yes. But um, so she goes vintage shopping and <laughs> we walk in and at the Christmas time in Missouri, at least in the St. Louis suburbs, um, they have these vintage shops where you go in and they turn it all Christmassy out. And it's all this like very old Midwestern Christmas decor in general. And some of it, is frightening primarily because I don't feel like they knew pre 1980 when blush became very popular how to adequately apply blush to both reindeer and to dolls because the blush makes them look like they have rosacea it's a problem you know (laughs) there's there's something going on and it's terrifying to me like I walk through these doors and I feel like I'm in a live action version of Megan well that was live action but like I'm in that new film Megan where the dolls are going to come alive and kill me and by the way the home goods these days they've really leaned into the holiday dolls and I like the reindeer but those dolls do creep me out and so they have little like very ornate creepy looking I don't know how to explain and the past few years, they've really leaned into the gnome work at Home Goods, and I went through a gnome phase where I was buying the gnome stuff. But now it's we're past the gnomes, but they're doing these dolls now there, and there's so many creepy dolls at Home Goods. I've never seen so many in, ex, until this year. The fact that gnomes were ever really a holiday thing is actually just frightening in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nutcrackers are already an assault, but a gnome? I don't know. Too many. And they started doing gnomes for every holiday. So they, they have Halloween gnomes. They have <laughs> Valentine's gnomes. Walk into a home, the home goods shoppers out there know what I'm talking about. They need to scale it back because every holiday now I'm looking at gnomes and it's like enough. Yeah, it's too much. I will say my, this is so generic of me too, but when the holidays come around, one of the things, I'm not a pumpkin spice lot. I'm not a latte person in general. I'm, gonna, I'm a chai latte person. I like a iced chai all year round. That's sort of my go-to. Um, you know what you're reminding me of? I'm sorry what? to interrupt Please. you, but you know, remember in Best in Show, and she's like, I was in Starbucks, I was working on my Mac, and I was getting a latte, and he's like, that's right, you like that. Yeah. Yes, I, I will take that as a compliment, because that is one of my favorite films of all time. It's so funny. So it's good. so funny. So perfect. But I get so excited on a level that is uncomfortable about a cranberry bliss bar. Oh my God, wait, I've never tried this. Oh from my Starbucks? God, it is so good. It is It is one of those things that it's only in the holiday time. It comes out, I guess, in November when they start their whole pumpkin spice thing. And it's not, I mean, I guess it is, it is Christmassy themed in that it's cranberry, but it's just this oat sort of bar with a cream cheese frosting on top and then little bits of like dried cranberries on top of it. And I 
go crazy wow. for this thing. It like it is the holidays for me. That and a and a little chai latte, and I'm just like, mm, I'm wow. festive. You know, I need to try that. I've seen it there, but I've never tried it. I I tend to go for. Uh, you know, I like the pumpkin breads they have. I'm obsessed with their snowman cookie, and I've seen the cranberry bliss bar, but I've never tried. And Midwesterners, we love bars. Yeah, we love We're a bar. Bar people. We are bar people. Anything that can be on in a little like, <laughs> like a tray that has like a decoration on it that you bring and you cut into weird slices to make it fun. You know what I mean? They they always have to be. They can't just be square. They have to be like angled in some way. Because my yeah, mom would do that bar. to be like, well, because it's the holidays. It has to have a decoration to it. it has to have a oh, yeah mosaic to it. <laughs> my mom would always call them her squares. She would, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to make my squares, Dan. Got to make my cherry squares. Everybody's asking for my cherry squares. Oh my god, I love it. Now I want like every- your mother's cherry squares. Oh, they're good. They're good. I have the recipe. I'll send you the recipe. Please. I love a, yeah, I love a bar, square, a triangular cut bar yeah yeah i will say one of the things are you a baker do you like to bake i do i do yeah i not i'm not a i feel like i'm better cook than baker oh see i i'm definitely a better baker my mother was a baker a professional baker so i come from bakers and i my thing every year is that i bake for a small group of people not many a box of cookies like i give individual little things of cookies these little tiny cookie things Butter cookies, chocolate, shortbread, you know, those those kind of cookies. And it brings me, besides just sending the cards, the an immense amount of joy every single year just because I don't even care if people eat them. I just love giving them away. It's kind of... That's nice. Maybe that is the, the holiday spirit in me. As a Jew, I, that feels wrong, but that is the holiday spirit in me. Okay, but wait, is there a little part of you that's like happy i mean probably a big part happy and excited when somebody's like oh my god i loved these yes. so much or yes. or this tasted like this and this is why i loved it yes our mutual friends elliot and brent literally last night asked me because we have a we get together every single year at Cantor's here in los angeles which is like a jewish sort of diner in on the west side and well not west side like west hollywood and we we get together for like a gift exchange and they literally asked me last night um i don't want to put you out because i know you're busy but are you bringing the cookies <laughs> Like and it brings me that. so and much makes joy. Feel good, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. such a wonderful. Because there's nothing better than somebody complimenting your cooking or your baking. Yeah, especially around this time of year when you're just feeling so like overwhelmed and crappy, and probably have that winter weight, and you're just like, ugh. And someone's like, oh, but bake this for me, and you're like, okay, I'll still be fat. We're fine. <laughs> and there, it is comforting and. It is nice to know because sometimes you give people gifts and I think with baking people gifts, there's so so much more personal um, emotion behind it. And so it does feel really good because sometimes you give other people gifts. Like if you were to give someone a gift card or something, they can't really say a response to it of like what they like. I'm an anti gift card person. I hate it. It's all my brother wants. He wants an audible gift card. And I'm like, you have an audible plan. You don't need the gift card. You get two credits a month. What do you need a card for? I'm getting you this weird beer hat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, a personal gift is important. Yeah, I think so. I give the gift cards if I'm getting really lazy or if there's someone who you forget about. It's like, that's when, I don't know. So, and sometimes too, I think like in a professional atmosphere, I think gift cards that's are better. Fine. I think that is fine yeah. because you don't want to be too presumptuous on sort of what people like or anything. I find too, one of the things that I always go to is like, because, you know, with someone like you, I can relate to Christmas and lots of women. I can like talk about Christmas stuff, not to generalize, but like I can talk about like baking and stuff. 
But with like straight men, sometimes I do struggle about talking and communicating about my love of the holidays. And my go-to is just to bring up that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And universally, straight men will agree with you, even though I don't necessarily agree with them. I will just lie and go with it just to keep the peace. Are you that way? I'm that way. But, you know, I think something that we would relate on is that Die Hard, I don't think is a Christmas movie. But you know what movie is not traditionally a Christmas movie that I think you'll agree is, is Batman Returns. Oh, my God. Yes, it's only a Christmas movie. 1,000%. <laughs> I love you. It is, yeah. like, ever since I saw it, when I begged my family to go see it because they wanted to go see, like, something ridiculous that was happening in 1992, and I had to go see Batman Returns. It, and I had to see it for, for Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, I had to. Sure. Had to. But it's such a Christmas movie. Like, when, yeah, Bat- when the lady's Batman. tied up in the chair and she's all Christmassy. How is that? Batman true? Returns is the diehard of the gays. It's like that. So true. It's so true. My God. I never even thought of that. I was also there. There's also a debate happening about um, the preacher's wife, which is very much a Christmas oh, movie. Yeah. But people don't view it that way. And I'm, I'm who's uh, not viewing it that well, way. Losers. A, uh, yeah, they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. They're just wrong. Ugh. They're wrong. That Any, movie, the music in that is so good. Ugh. I, I, Love you so much. What are you doing for the holidays? That'll be my last question. What are you doing? You know, I was going to go visit family, but things have been a little hectic. So I think my boyfriend and I might stay here in town in California. We still... uh, I don't know, maybe last minute we'll end up getting a flight. I'm not sure. But as of now, we're staying here in Los Angeles, just going to have a quiet, probably watching all of these movies, probably putting on The Preacher's Wife, watching Jingle All the Way, putting on all the Muppet holiday specials and and just relaxing for a couple days. And I have like a stack of books I want to read. And so I'm hopefully keeping a low key. But as always, I feel like I could uh, give in to Catholic uh, Midwest guilt and fly home at the last minute. But we'll see. But if you do, you have to make it dramatic. It has to be on Christmas Eve. You have to run through an airport and you have to show up at your mother's door and not have told her and just have that biggest non-frazzled smile on your face because you did just fly across country and run through an airport. So you're, but you're not yeah. frazzled at all. <laughs> right, right. Well, and if I were to tell her that I was coming, I get more frazzled by that because yeah. she would just force a hundred plans on me and everything. So I, I also think it's best to not tell anyone that I'm coming if I'm coming because uh, otherwise my schedule there, they're just like, you got to see this person. You got to see this yeah. uncle, this cousin, this whatever. At the very least film it because that is something that, that will probably work in the Hallmark film that will be coming up or whatever film you yes. work on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. But in the meantime, um, everyone, a great holiday gift would be my book. How do I remember this? That is it's very true, which we will put in the show notes for this. And it is a fantastic book. I can, t- you can go back and listen to our conversation about the book on this podcast. And it is, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I've it's a good it stocking stuff. Two different people. Oh, I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I kid you not, Jake Cohen and Danny Pellegrino are two of my favorite people in the world, and I'm just I'm just grateful to call them friends. I highly encourage you to go check out their work because you will love them just as much as I do. I'm sure of it. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, you know what to do. Leave that little rating and review and maybe share it on social media. That always helps. And maybe tag me too, because I'd love to hear from you but be nice. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, be sure to subscribe to the Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. It's from me, and it's a lot of fun. Until then, watch something fun, and have a great day.